It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I got really paranoid then, Luke, uh, that our mics weren't recording anything. I was looking at the um, the EQ, the meters, the sound meters, uh, and it wasn't going up and down on our microphones. And then I remembered we weren't speaking. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Imagine just Listen, being frightened all the time of everything, just kind of like because you're just not really paying attention. And you can get tired after a hard week of toothing. <laughs> we talked about toothing on Monday. Toothy yeah. toother. Oh, yeah. that was the funniest thing. Uh, the, the lad's uh, kind of username on this toothy thing was toothy toother. Was it? <laughs> that was his uh, nom de plume. Uh, how are you doing, everyone? It's uh, it's Luke and Pete Show, episode 48. We're back, baby, and we're ready to get started with some more bread, toothing. Yeah, whatever comes up, really. Whatever comes up, really. I'm, um, I'm Pete Donaldson. And I'm Luke Mer. Luke, uh, it's been straight in, no messing about. Well, please, you've done that because uh, I would say something that approaches the egregious in, in what we missed on Monday right. was that we sadly lost a few... Decently well known, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. As per, <laughs> no, some some well known people passed away. Unfortunately, holy moly, it was crazy, wasn't it? It was Hawking, Bowen, Dodd. Yeah. Weirdly, the day before uh, Ken Dodd died, Ken Dodd died. Ken Dodd, died, Ken Dodd, died, Ken Dodd, died, Dodd, dog dead. Wasn't yeah, that? Wasn't that, was, that something? That's a joke. I think it's like was a punchline to a joke. Um, uh, he, uh, someone was talking to me about his puppet. Um, one of the Diddy men. Yeah. He's got his little puppet thing. Yeah. We were talking about that, and somebody texted me the name of the puppet day before he died huh. so spooky so um, very spooky I think he was quite a sort of challenging weird comedian back in the day I think yeah. people didn't certainly challenge England him. revenue <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to find him didn't he, didn't he famously say I don't think I should, I should pay tax because I live right next to the sea or something yeah fantastic um, lovely old job um, Sir Ken Dodd Sir Ken Dodd Stephen Hawking didn't get knighted did he not no, no. that's mental I know I know. Is it not wheelchair accessible? The old, uh, the old palace. I don't think that's got anything to do with it. Okay. I think if anything, you're more likely to get one. You reckon? Oh, all right. I'm just saying because uh, you, you, a lot of it's to do with overcoming adversity and stuff like that. And yeah. Hawking certainly did that. Anyway, Kendon was almost chemically ugly. For, <laughs> bit rich. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. By yeah. the way, um, it's funny because you know Stephen Hawking famously said, "My goal is simple." It's a complete understanding of the universe, why it is as it is, and why it exists at all. And Jim Bowen famously said, look what you could have won. He uh, once went, Jim Bowen, not Stephen Hawking, let's make that very clear. Uh, Jim Bowen once went on the breakfast show I was working on, uh, used the term Jippo, and we got an upheld Ofcom complaint from the <laughs> Gypsy Council of uh, Great Britain, who are actually very on things, as they should be. 
Uh, nobody should be using the word uh, Jippo in uh, 2018, and certainly not 10 years ago when uh, no. the show went out. But uh, they're very on. If you ever, if you ever, uh, if anyone ever uses the word Pikey or Jippo or any of those um, uh, terrible terms about uh, the, the Gypsy um, people, uh, they're very on it. Oh, I don't, well, I don't know how they're listening to so much stuff. We talked about Ofcom last week. Maybe this Ofcom. is a, we're playing a dangerous game here, mate. We're out of there. We, we, we can say whatever we want. We can be foul men. Well, that's lucky given yeah, know, what's right? gone on the last 40 odd episodes. I know, right? um, speaking of um, that type of thing, I walked, I'm not going to name anyone involved, but I walked into a radio station to do some work not that long ago, got a quick briefing saying, um, please be careful, we're in the middle of an Ofcom situation <laughs> because the one of the pundits we had on last week uh, made a joke about Rohypnol. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. I mean, I thought, it, I, I mean, I'm presuming what radio station you're talking about. I think there was another one um, uh, that, I think there was an uh, off complaint, but because somebody used said they had a holocaust of a football match, and yeah. uh, at the same time, another radio station. I told uh, you that. Joke, I think I WhatsApped you that. Did a joke about um, about a joke about Anne Frank. I when do. you see kind of you know <clears throat> so called comedic kind of these uh, aren't jokes, borderline things. Are they? No, <laughs> it's just like you need like even people who've been working in the business for like twenty years can still find themselves in a situation. Where they've gone a little bit too far, and they've 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 done something they're obviously not proud of. But seeing stuff written down, seeing it gags written worse. down, it looks so much worse. Yeah. Because you get no you get no um, idea of the tone of it. And stuff. No, right. exactly. I mean, when when uh, when Doctor Fox is up uh, up the old bill, uh, he uh, having his shit kind of like fifty year old shit seventies dad joke wank like read out uh, is punishment itself to be honest because it was pathetic. A pathetic man trying to make sexy body jokes and not doing them very well, being utterly classless, but having them sort of written down and uh, read out in a court of law is, uh, you know, punishment enough for me. <laughs> it's yeah. embarrassing. Um, he, he he was found guilty of all charges. Not guilty of all charges, wasn't he? Who, Dr. Fox? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not guilty of he all was. charges. Yeah. Just to make that absolutely clear, Dr. Fox was found not guilty of, of all, all charges. charges. Um I was going to say something else to you as well. Oh, and when I was doing the research um, around Jim Bowen, who yeah. I remember vaguely from being... Um, was he in Phoenix Nights, briefly? He was in Phoenix Nights. I think he was in a couple of TV shows, because he's, he's shorthand for the 80s, really, isn't he? Right, so he was in... So he might have won! Yeah, and I remember him, obviously, from Bullseye, and, 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 and that, Bullseye. that became <laughs> Bullseye. a culture to me. No, yeah, of course, but I, when, I, when I was like, looking into what he had been up to, apart from that, I found quite an interesting article about um, about 10 years ago, he um, he embarked on this project where he resurrected a 15-year-old joke book. Right. I mean, I'm not, presumably no one could tell the difference. <laughs> but, but, but what happened was, I think they found some sort of um, old Egyptian, I think it was, or possibly Greek joke book. Right. Uh, I'm freestyling here because I can't fully remember. But And they and they, they found the jokes in there, worked them up to date, mm. and Jim Bowen did them as part of like, a stand-up them. tour. Oh, that's it's quite, quite interesting. Nice. Yeah, that's quite yeah, interesting yeah. thing to do, isn't no, it? That's quite good. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really like um, stand-up comedy that much, but I think I think um, that type of interesting angle on it is is of interest to me. I would say, yeah, he because um... it's, it's the easiest thing in the world for a guy of that age to go around the working men's clubs doing that old stuff. I think he did that as well. Yeah, <laughs> let's make that very. I'm clear. sure he did, but at least he's doing a little bit different. So I mean, maybe maybe I have a, a slightly less uh, rosy image of him because I used to work for Challenge TV and I just write about 80 links about Bullseye every week. I was just so fucking bored. Yeah, how did you but do it yeah. without just doing Jim Bowen impressions? <laughs> well, uh, he wasn't allowed, you weren't allowed to mention, because he doesn't, I think the, the TV show Bullseye doesn't own, um, I think Super Smash and Great and Look What You Could Have Won, I think he owns those. 
That's mad. So, so, so Challenge TV weren't allowed to use Super Smashing Great or um or the or the other one. So you know um Michael Buffer, the boxing ring announcer. Yes. You know he he copyrighted the phrase "Let's get ready to rumble." Oh, it's a great line, though, isn't it? Yeah, and it's he's made and he's made four hundred million dollars off it. That's now nah, that's. I'm being serious. That's not a conservative estimate, is it? I'm being serious because <laughs> because he, he licensed it to so much stuff. Yeah. Like computer games, video games, movies, everything. He's made so much money off it. If you ever saw um. Remember when uh, Hulk Hogan went to um, the other, uh, the other wrestling um, WCW, company, WCW, and yeah. he was uh, Hollywood Hogan for a while. That was due to the fact that um, Hulk Hogan. Uh, every time Hulk Hogan gets used in in a product, um, somebody goes to Marvel. It's Incredible Hulk. Where does oh that's interesting. So if you, if you want more facts like that, wrestle me the podcast. Yeah. What Pete? Where does the Hogan in his name come from? <laughs> he's not called Hogan, is he? Oh, I don't know. Actually. He's called Terry Belayer, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. I don't know where that came from. He's a, he's a tragic figure now because obviously he was because uh, he got ousted as a massive racist because <laughs> he uh, he kind of um, yeah he did that stuff and uh, the WWE don't want anything to do with him and he just seems to spend all his time um, sat on lawn furniture on his uh, he must his be little, wealthy now on his little private beach in uh, Florida just sort of looking out to sea. Florida's where all the crazy stuff happens in the US. I know, Florida man, very famous. Do you want to end this little section by sparing a word and indeed a thought for the late, great Stephen Hawking, Pete? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, the thing about Stephen Hawking is, like, people who co-opt his uh, legacy and co-opt, co-opt his um, kind of life and, and stuff. Um, what do you I, mean I, by that? Well, it's people on Twitter who are, like, pop scientists, pop pop physicist. You don't like Brian Cox, do you? And they all sort of... So, no, I, I do. I like all those people. I think they're very talented and I think there is a place for people who can explain scientific works very easily. Yeah, they're not exactly. You can't explain you know, it to a lay audience you don't understand it well enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, And I understand nothing. <laughs> it's just like when, when when he died, like just everybody rushed to Twitter and you know yeah. gave their speech like they're the fucking president. Yeah, um, that yeah. bottled my piss a little Yeah, bit. I don't like that. That yeah. happens with every dead person, though. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, one thing that sort of struck me... It's not Stephen Hawking's fault. No, it's not. He seemed to be um, a, a very... Uh, I, I quite like the stories that are coming out, and it's annoying that they've only come out when when he died, like how funny he was. No, I think generally people understood that. I mean, yeah, I, People like, like the cut of his jib, generally. Mm. Um, I, I, the one thing I didn't like about all that stuff you're mentioning there is the fact that loads of people just instantly claim to be on you know, really intimate terms with all these all this literature. And it's like, listen, we've all, but we all bought we all a brief history of time. We all None of us book. could get through it. We couldn't read it. None of us understood it. Don't, don't, that's fine. Yeah. Just don't <laughs> pretend you did. No, exactly. Actually the best, I love um, dickheads on Twitter, usually um, men, um, kind of sort of uh, giving a contrary view. Well, you know, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was, he understood um, kind of a potential, the potential of the universe, but like, he, he didn't understand the actual science behind it. So, like, he was what? he was Professor Stephen Hawking, yeah. mate. Yeah. Grow up. He 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 um he. The I only, love a mansplainer. Apparently, he didn't. The only reason he didn't um, win a Nobel Prize is because he the his mo- as far as I understand it, his most well known work that was would have been eligible for it. Right. It, it, it's never actually been uh, confirmed or actually viewed or cited. It's okay. to do with mini black holes. Right. And he's famously said in a couple of his lectures that it's a shame that these have never been found because if they were. Um, please someone go out and find them because it means I'll get a Nobel Prize <laughs> and, it ne- and they never were unfortunately yeah, so he yeah, never yeah, actually yeah. won the Nobel Prize I mean it's, it's one of those things where um, the Nobel Prize is so difficult to get there's very few kind of like if you work in like I don't know, PR or marketing you get an award every second week if you work in football you're going to stumble upon I don't know a, a championship uh, title at some point or a championship like sort of uh, promotion uh, yeah. promotion trophy uh, or an FA Cup but like with stuff like that there's only you know there's only a couple given out every year. So it's actually 
It's about as difficult it is, is it is oh, to get as a prize. When I said to you before, I think I've said to you once or twice that I don't. I mean, I think I understand the benefit of, of awards and that kind of stuff, and I and I understand some of them are worth more than others. But the, the, again, it's that whole thing about there's just too many of them, and a lot of yeah. them are just founded by the industry anyway. Yeah. Um, if I was up for a Nobel Prize, I think I'd be more enthusiastic about it. But <laughs> um, you know, in um, the only reason I know about this is because of, of Goodwill Hunting, really. But there's that mathematics medal, the Fields Medal. Mm. Um, which they only give that out once to one person every five years. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Wow. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. It's I mean, cool. that is the rarest of the rare. So we got an email here from Stephen Hawking anyway, saying, <laughs> um, Pete, why didn't you read my book? Yeah. I know you bought it. Um, but should we do emails? Or Not, enough pictures. Not enough pictures. Um, yeah, we'll take, a, we'll take a shot at Sojourn and we'll be back with some emails. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm very, very good. I like that guy. Yeah, who is, is it a guy? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a guy? Have you heard his voice? I couldn't tell if it was like a, a, a sort of sort of deep voiced woman. <laughs> deep voiced oh. woman, and I don't care. On the did you bash your uh, yeah, knee I on the table? Um should I do an email first? Yeah, so okay, what do you want? Then. Do you want um What do you want? Just trying to try and look I've got one about vomiting. I'm not sure if it's appropriate really. It's always appropriate. Come on now, it's what I live for. Alright, I'll do it. Vomiting, pooping. Okay, this is another. This is another. <laughs> this is another anonymous email, and, and it will become clear why it's anonymous. Um, but the uh, and this is definitely a bloke emailing. Uh, he says, uh, "Dear Luke and Pete, on the subject of inappropriate vomiting, did we talk about that a couple of weeks ago? Did we ever talk about appropriate vomiting? No, we we talked about the idea of being able to stop oneself vomiting, didn't we? So I guess okay. that's what he means. He says, "A tale from a couple of years ago still occasionally wakes me up in a cold sweat during the middle of the night. I was working for a church." And you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be doing all this stuff in the house of God. That's the first point. And part of the deal was God I lived... that puke. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, part of the deal was that I lived in a church house without paying rent. Awesome. And I was in the master bedroom, which had a lovely new cream carpet. <laughs> the house was maintained by a woman who, quite frankly, scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Why is it that some aspects of churches are quite scary? 
Oh, spooky as yeah, hell. Yeah. When whoever, like, if you meet someone who works in a church, you're like, oh. well, so, and not only that, but I, the angle I was sort of going down was was almost that if you were wandering through the countryside of some country or whatever, you didn't know anything and you need somewhere to stay. Presumably, a church is the place you should be going because it's it's sanctuary, right? Almost yeah. quite literally. Yeah. But I think I'd be quite scared sleeping in a church on my own at night. <laughs> Wouldn't you? In a big, a big old sort of church. Big old church. Big old church. Sat on a pew, having yeah. a little laugh. Take a pew. Take a pew. Take a pew. Uh, he said, I woke up, uh, oh no, one night I woke up suddenly in the middle of the night with a stomach ache. Mistake number one was thinking it would pass, and so I stayed in bed. It didn't pass. <laughs> Moments later, I was vomiting a vivid orange bolognese vomit all over the cream carpet next oh, to my no. bed. If you're, if you're eating your porridge on the way to work, listen to this, I apologise. Um, he says, mistake number two is I went back to sleep. Um, I woke up the next morning still feeling groomed, the smell of putrid sick right next to me. Coincidentally, that day was also the day my then newish girlfriend and now fiance uh, was travelling the three hours or so with, uh, to, to stay with me and the family for a few days. Missing, missing that was non-negotiable. Mistake number three I left the sick on the cream carpet and didn't return for four days. Now, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm sorry. No. You deserve everything you get for this. Hugely. You've got to take responsibility. You know, it's, it's like it's like the, the, the getting drunk and the hangover thing. The hangover is, appropriately enough, God's way uh, of saying, you got drunk last night, you had your fun, now you're getting punished. It's a yin and yang <laughs> thing. It's, the balance of the universe must remain. Paramol. Um, if you're going to be sick because you couldn't be asked to get out of bed, you've got to clean it up. Always take a paramol. Is that? I don't even know what that is. It's cordine and paracetamol. You shouldn't do much cordine, actually, but it's excellent for hangovers. <laughs> Again, uh, the, it's time for the weekly announcement that Pete is not a medical professional. No. Uh, he says, I arrive home post-weekend and my housemate asks me whether I can smell something funny coming from my room. <laughs> I walked into my room and I immediately gagged because the vomit had not gone anywhere. Well, it's not going to go anywhere, is it? No, it's not going to evaporate. No, oh, the sick fairy's going to clean it up. <laughs> uh, it soaked into the carpet, leaving a huge orangey-brown stain and it stank quite bad. Uh, two years and several dozen bottles of carpet cleaner later the smell had finally gone and only a small remnant of the stain remained I moved out of the house last summer and so far no one has been in touch about a slightly brown patch on the carpet uh, all the best anonymous and this is the best bit of the email P.S. please don't read my name out I really am terrified of this woman <laughs> <laughs> and yet you vomed on her carpet and left it for four days that P.S. disgusting right, the very idea that this woman's going to be listening to our show is stupid yeah. but the P.S. almost made me read the name out but I won't, <laughs> but I, won't. I think someone in the church is kind of uh, someone who works in the church is kind of probably a bit ethereal she could probably figure out could probably know everything I suppose and then hope, and presumably instantly forgive him yeah <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forgive me, yeah. woman. There we go. But yeah, that, I mean that is a that is horrible, isn't it? Kind of just leaving it for four days. It's one. Of, it's one of the best. Um, I know people who are much more versed in comedy than me will will, will have their own opinions on the man. But mm. it's like one, one of the best Peter K lines is that um, I spent ages praying for God to give me a new bike, and I realised it wasn't happening, so I stole one and asked for forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Um, hello to Sam Westover. Sam Westover. This is a Craftdale uh, rant. Oh, yeah. Or, or certainly a uh, reference to my craft, uh, craft beer rant. Um, there is now officially glitter craft beer. What's the point of it? I, as a craft beer drinker, I can't imagine waking up in the morning, going for a poo and waking up with glitter in it. I imagine the craft beer connoisseurs will start comparing the glitter digestion ability and the level of hop in the glitter. Please find video evidence below. And he's, he's Have you watched the video? I've not. Watch the video. It'd be, it'd be raging, you watch the video. It's just a video. I presume it's a video of a craft ale. Uh, craft ale that's got glitter in it. So I, I like craft... glitter. Apparently, is incredibly bad for the environment. I can imagine glitter M- uh, microbeads all over again. Microbeads, yeah, terrible. Apparently, yeah, they they keep finding um, 
not unsafe amounts because it is pretty safe, but like a, 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 a surprising amount of um, plastic in water. water. Yeah, I heard that on the Radio 4 yeah. Today programme this morning. Okay. Saying that um, there's um, enough for it to be noteworthy, but not to be unsafe. Mm. I say what I said um, time and time again. Get yourself a reusable water bottle. Get yourself a reusable water Something bottle. Something you always take the mickey out of me for. Well, you. the problem is you screw the top in every time you kind of stop drinking. It's weird. What's wrong put, with that? Well, just place it on top. You're always going to open the bottle again. You sort of <laughs> really diligently close it up. It's just well, weird. I like that you get annoyed by that because it's quite, Deviant, it's quite, it's it's quite a weird thing to be annoyed by. Well, you prefer like, me to drink it and just leave the top resting? Yeah. But what happens if I knock it over? Well, what happens if you knock anything over? What, what? happens if you knock a cup of tea over? It's madness, Well, this man. cup of tea's got a lid on it. Madness. Yeah. Well, we, I don't need a sippy cup not to tip something over. <laughs> you are very clumsy, to be I'm, fair. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm no, you get, away, you get away with not being seen as clumsy because you work with Jim every yeah, day. That's yeah, why. exactly, yeah. He is the clumsy... Like, he is... Almost psychotically clumsy. It's a, it's weird. Do you want um? Do you want an email from Cameron about um? Cameron, great uh, Hartlepool beer, Cameron's. The, the, re- the reason Cameron's email is getting read out is because he genuinely attached a copy of his uh, PhD thesis to the email, <laughs> expecting <laughs> us to read it. Brilliant. Uh, he says, "Hello, chaps. Late comer to the show, so I'm only getting to the uh, 2018 episodes now. Um, I've learned so many cool things about humanity." And Half yeah. of those things might well be untrue. And a man who eats bread, he's wiped on a toilet seat. And you've got a PhD, Cameron, so I wouldn't be yeah. taking us our word for it. Anyway, in episode 38, he says, you two were talking about the abandoned fairground with a ride called Nightmare or something similar. <laughs> the conversation moved towards other abandoned structures, like the pool with the desks stacked in it, Pete, which you mm, talked about. Obsessed. And eventually led to Pete's claim that hosting an event like the Olympics is empirically bad for the host nation financially. I'm here to tell you that's not necessarily true. What? In the final semester of my undergraduate economics career, I was able to combine my love of football and my path of study to form my senior thesis where I analysed the feasibility of hosting a mega sporting event such as the World Cup or more pertinent to your conversation, the Olympics. I hope the uh, mega mega sporting event uh, was listed in the PhD. Mega sporting sporting uh, event. Speaking, uh, speaking of that, I think reading that there, it's not a PhD, it's just a degree. But anyway, mm. um, probably still more qualified than you or I because um, you didn't graduate from... Um, your university because you had overdue library books yep. and my university wasn't worth a thing. I won't <laughs> bore you with all the details, says Cameron, just some key points. If you look back to every Olympics or World Cup host in the past 30 years, there is undoubtedly a strong economic boom for that nation during the event itself, but only 50% of those nations experience larger than normal positive economic growth over the next 10 years after the event. So if it's uncertain whether or not your nation will financially benefit from host- hosting in the long run, why do so many keep bidding for the opportunity? Mm. The short answer would be that every bidding nation thinks they can break the slightly negative trend by taking advantage of the massive increase in international visibility that comes with hosting. A great example of this would be South Africa, who hosted the World Cup in 2010. In the years since that fantastic event, tourism has exploded in South Africa, and more generally, there are more people educated about the nation and its history, which can only be a good thing. To summarise even more succinctly, there's only a 50-50 chance your nation will benefit from hosting a mega-sporting event, but that ratio is far more favourable for smaller nations who want to be put on the map. Attached the full thesis for no other reason than to show you I'm not completely making everything up. Keep up the good work, Cameron. Um, 
Again, Cameron, I may well read your thesis at some point. It's unlikely. I've only thumbed through it for now. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you understand. Um, but I think we've both got to the stage in our life now, Pete, where we're happy to take people's words for it, aren't we? Oh, God damn it. I mean, just to, I mean, if you don't even want to bother emailing in, just draw a picture of what you're yeah. trying to fucking say. And we, busted read the, it out. we busted the yawning myth last week, uh, last yeah. show, so we don't need to do another myth-busting show today. The, um, I think, weren't we referencing the fact that uh, stadiums are expensive and, and, and the area around the stadiums yeah. isn't always uh, well, it's written. Great. It's written about fair fairly extensively by I think um, the guys in Freak it's either Freakonomics uh, or it's Why England Lose by Simon Cooper (laughs) and it's one of those two books it might even be Why England Lose which has now been re-updated to be called Sockonomics I think which is a terrible Ah, title yeah Yeah, Um, but it's it's it it talks about it in there PR kind of thing isn't it it talks about it in there Ah, because I think I think a lot of the time I think particularly in the US they'll PR it by saying, look, we, we want to build a new stadium because it will create loads of jobs, be great mm. for the local economy. And he was like drilling down into the numbers and saying that's not necessarily true. And I think our anger was more of a, look at all these abandoned Olympic villages type thing. <laughs> but I think London wasn't too bad. I, th- I think London 2012 Olympics has been given a lot of criticism for the lack of a legacy in terms of kids participating in sport. Right. But I think things like the Olympic Village, which is now, which was turned into affordable housing mm. and the miraculously smooth and successful trans transition of the Olympic Stadium to a football venue <laughs> has, has been okay. <laughs> I do, um, it was it affordable housing because I mean, this is London after all. I mean, like, well, look, and affordable housing in, I, I don't know what the definition for affordable housing is technically it's something no, but ridiculous like, but that's what they called it there's a difference between affordable housing and also um, sustainable uh, kind of social housing I, you know, my, my background is very much uh, working for a government housing quangle and helping people move out of London to uh, housing stock that's kind of underutilised uh, and uh, my uh, take on it is that no new houses for social, uh, you know, people who are on council uh, council benefit um, are being made anymore, and it's okay. disgraceful. I mean, how long ago is it since you did that? Endlessly disgraceful. Still going on, if not even worse. No, but how long have you been working on it? Oh, well, I was working for five years, six yeah. years. But you've been doing this for yeah, I know. I'm yeah. just saying you're out of the loop. That's mate. my background, though, isn't it? You're out of the loop. Well, it's, if if nothing else, the problems have got even uh, harder to deal with uh, in social housing and the uh, certainly the London boroughs. Anyway, disgraceful. I'll- all down to Thatcher's uh, right to buy plan where people could buy their own council houses because that fucking Tory ideal of owning your own house, which took so much stock out of the um, social housing concern. Uh, now that we don't now we don't have any council houses, people can't, uh, people are just living on top of each other. A national disgrace. Why don't you get, um, do some more chat about um, sexy stuff? Sexy stuff. Yeah. All right then. I don't know why this is sexy. <laughs> no, but I mean, you always like talking about sex or sort of body fluids oh, normally okay. or... I'm well, just, that's I'm what just, we're all about, isn't it, mate? I'm, I'm just trying to help you stay on brand. That's what we're all about. Uh, hello to... Actually, can you fill for 10 seconds? Yeah, sure, no worries. Um, yeah, all right. So, I mean, the craft out thing we went back to about the glitter, presumably you're just not having that. Yeah, the, the, no, not having that. The, the, um, the um, Olympic legacy type stuff, mm. you've, that's, that's caused you to go on a massive rant yeah. uh, about uh, housing. <laughs> is, that, is that enough time? That is enough time. That right. is enough time. It's quite uh, meta when we do that. If you, what I should say, rather, I should feel like an actual professional and say, if you do want to get in touch, email us at hello at lukeandpeetshow.com mm. and you too can be a part of this daring do. You too. I'd love them to get involved. To be quite have funny. them in here. Yeah. Probably we could have the edge in that. We've only got two spare chairs at the moment. Probably, <laughs> oh, we've got one in the corners. We've got three. We could have the edge and Bono. You'd, you'd probably pick them. Yeah. And possibly. you'd have um, Adam Clayton over there, and, and the drummer outside, I expect. He's the, he's the dull one, isn't he? Clayton, yeah. he doesn't really do much, does he? 
Are they your mum's cataract glasses? <laughs> uh, hello to George Wicks, George Boy. Hi, guys. Based on se- uh, several experiences I've had in uh, my short 26 years, the most recent being a week ago, I thought I'd ask whether you guys and the listeners had also survived the terrifying horror show that is sleep paralysis. Yeah, good. This is rich, um, rich, rich subject material. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Sleep paralysis is essentially being conscious during REM sleep when the brain is still active. An episode lasting only a couple of minutes will uh, render one completely unable to move or talk. The feeling of intense pressure on the chest and can involve, on occasion, sinister hallucinations. Uh, throughout history, it was believed to be the work of demons that would sit on the chest on unsuspecting sleepers, sometimes to engage in sexual activity with them. Shouts to be a fine thing. Um, several different cultures have their own theories from evil genies to witches and ghosts it's also been used to explain supernatural phenomena such as alien abduction and demonic possession more recently and uh, probably more reliable uh, scientific research suggests it can actually be caused of a lack of sleep jet lag and even just sleeping on your back I know that sleep paralysis is harmless but this is of little comfort when the shadow in the corner of my room consistently takes the form of a tall featureless figure with a wide brimmed hat Sleep well, gents. Could just be, it could just be your dad, that. Could be The Undertaker. Sounds like The yeah, Undertaker. Doesn't it? And the, the worst thing about George Wicks' email, and I think we should tackle some of the subjects within it because it is interesting, mm. is that the font he used to email in is an absolute disgrace. If you're going to bombard people with a size 72 font... <laughs> Was that, I thought you just printed it out wrong. No. Wow. You deserve everything you get in terms of night terrors, in my opinion. <laughs> so Sorry time, about your sleep paralysis. When, it's a horror... Horrible thing to go George, through. George, think of it from our point of view. We have to read through hundreds of emails. I've got three emails on my email while doing the show today. We have to read through them all. Do them in the right, in the right font. Anyway. Do them in the font. Right. You're ranting about um, housing. I'm ranting about font sizes. <clears throat> um, this part of the email, Pete, where George talks about um, the idea of to explain supernatural phenomena such as mm. alien abduction, to me, that sounds absolutely right. Don't you reckon? That's got to be the explanation for this perceived idea. Oh, of God, any, yeah, yeah, anything like that. And, anything. It's always uh, something to do with that, isn't it? And I often thought this idea of demonic possession, which you would associate with sort of Victorian times, really. Mm. And, and what, speaking previous, in tongues and stuff? Yeah, and medieval. That's presumably some sort of... Uh, that's, that's a sort of hangover from the era when we didn't have any understanding of mental illness, basically, right? Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> do you agree with that? I would say that's um, very much part of it. Have you ever had a night terror? Sleep paralysis, uh, night terror. No, I'll occasionally jump up, up at the start, but that's uh, everyone does that. Doesn't that's an that. evolutionary thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I, but this week I've just I've been dreaming about editing podcasts. Have you really? <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? Absolutely dreadful. Um, the worst, I- the worst um, sort of type of nightmare or dream I tend to have is the, is the dream where you've dreamed that you haven't had any sleep. Right, yeah, but you've yeah. Been sleeping and the you whole time, knackered. Yeah, it's weird. Oh. It's really odd. I mean, the DJ anxiety, anxiety dream is very popular for me. You, you sort of get in. And none of the buttons work, and, You've got the uh, and I can't talk and stuff like that. I mean, it's not dissimilar to what actually happens <laughs> when I go into radio studio. But, um, but is that seriously like an anxiety dream that you will have as a radio all the presenter? Time. All the time. You ask anybody who's ever DJed, like that will be the number one dream they get. It's just like you'll go in and the computers aren't working, and yeah. you try and speak and you mess it up, and the manager's there and all that stuff. Could you? Could you feel? How long could you feel on a radio show? Oh, about ten seconds. About really? 10 seconds. I'm dreadful at that kind of thing. I'd, I'd start sentences in the middle. Anyone listening to this nonsense will uh, understand, but like... Well, we do the best under these circumstances, don't yeah. we? I've used, <laughs> you kind of get me out of a lot of holes. Yeah. But never mind. Because you can, you can just do like a proper <clears throat> radio, American radio shock jock hour of just chat. No. If I had someone with me, definitely. I reckon, you know, if, if we did one, maybe, I reckon yeah. we'd probably pile through, but uh, yeah. But it's just a case of imagining the, the responses, isn't it? Imagining what the other person who's not there is going to say, and then you're away. And then some people will say, 
Peter, put your trousers on. And I go, no, I'm not wearing yeah. my trousers. And here's why I'm not wearing trousers. I like letting my legs out. Yeah. Um, can we do a quick uh, Mencata before we leave? I would absolutely bloody love you to do that. I, blo- I need to find the bloody production. For- there we go. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope. Good morning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to stop that and I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna defeat that man who got upset about my Mancata jingle. I think it's become part of the furniture. I think it's fine. Yeah, I think people find it endearing. And and on that Mancata jingle, which is the jingle that keeps on giving, mm. and once again, um we genuinely do not have the rights to it so no. Uh, hopefully people, no one notices um, <laughs> our good friends at Microsoft but the little tenor sax that comes in I've only just yeah. started noticing that yeah it's nice it's nice lovely old job um, Silly String I want to talk about Silly String uh, Lickmore nice I like. I wasn't expecting to say that a, a, a big um, uh, something that occasionally punctuated my childhood I would say <laughs> I, like, yeah, I do like a bit of Silly it's String it's weird that our parents it's kind of cold and wet yeah, but it's weird that our parents it. let us just spray it around the house. <laughs> I'd go mad if someone did that in my house now. <laughs> um, apparently, right, I've been reading that um, Silly String and similar kind of Silly String style products have been used by the American and British military forces to detect tripwires. That's good. Isn't that incredible? Because yeah. the, the string's sprayed over the suspected area and if the string falls to the ground, no tripwires are present since the string would catch on the tripwires... Um, but if it is, obviously it'll hang in the air where the tripwires are. But the but it's not heavy enough to kind of actually set off the tripwire itself. Very good, isn't that good? So it's almost like the equivalent of when you see in like Mission Impossible, they spray the, the mist to see the red <laughs> yeah, to see the lasers. red lasers. Yeah, but this is very much. The, where did you um, read this? Um, Wikipedia. <laughs> That's wicked. Military use of uh, silly string uh, as of 2006, obviously a little while ago now. But uh, it was being used by U.S. troops in Iraq for this purpose to detect tripwires. But you, you're gonna you're gonna give away your the, your position. <laughs> Sprint silly string, bright pink. That's not a silly string. That's party popper, Dave. Stop it. Have you got? <laughs> have you got any? Um, have you got any of that in camouflage colour? <laughs> <laughs> because we are leaving a pink trail wherever we go. Well, because the um, material is an aerosol, it can't be shipped privately to Iraq, uh, and so it's not provided by any official channels. So um, eighty thousand cans were uh, stockpiled in New Jersey unintentionally. So that's pretty good, isn't it? There's a there's a big uh, there's a big New Jersey based um, silly string mountain which I quite enjoy. And when was the last time you fired off some silly string? I don't know. I've, yeah, it's been a while actually. Yeah, I've not got involved in that kind of caper for a little while. I can't I really remember buy, why like, we used to have it. Did you just get it from a joke shop or something? Yeah, I think so. All that stuff. Yeah. A lot of compressed uh, air and joke shops. There was a brilliant a of, uh, shop in Portsmouth. I'm not sure if it's still there. It probably isn't. Sadly, called You Need Us. And it was such a good joke it's shop. Like a Manic Street Preacher song. Yeah, you love us. I don't know why it was called that, but it was such a good joke shop. You need us. And I was such a nerd that me and my pals used to go there, mm. like, specially. What, to and the it was about a, about a 20-minute drive away. Yeah, but I mean, like, the jo- joke shops are just fun for kids. Like, you know... Uh, pe- oh, I was about pepper, 17 or 18. Pepper-flavoured sweets, yeah. snapping gum. Yeah. Snapping gum, gum was my favourites. But the problem is, like... They would always have like off-brand kind of gum um, designs on the side of the. No one would ever gum. fall for it. Yeah. So no one would ever fall for it. Stupid, really. But yeah, I used to love love a what, love a whoopee cushion, love a Bronx cheer, a love Bronx that little cheer. that classic design 
of uh, someone sitting down, like half-drawn, kind of like a 1920s... A poor man's comic strip, wasn't it's it? It's so badly done. Oh, yeah. so, like, it's so old school. It's like kind of like done with ink and pen. And it's kind of like, um, you know, when sat upon, this uh, cushion will... Deliver a uh, right we'll, Bronx cheer. Will deliver a genuine Bronx cheer. Where, and, the, and the dog in the background is going, poop, and he's kind of fainting because of the smell. Have you ever heard poop. the phrase Bronx cheer outside of that? No. No, I never have it's either. Like box social. No one does it anymore. What's that? It's like a, is it a dance or something? It's like an old New Yorky kind of name. The Harlem Shake. Yeah. Harlem <laughs> <laughs> Shake. So is that your favourite aspect of the joke shop, the whoopee cushion? The whoopee cushion. I can't believe it's taken us 48 episodes to start talking about joke shops. Yeah, joke shops. Um, uh, itching powder. Yeah. I mean, that's just got to be asbestos, isn't it? You look, it's just like uh, filaments, isn't it? Let's talk about the, um, let's talk about the, the undoubted crown prince, the emperor of joke shop products. The stink bomb. The stink bomb. Uh, a lad used to set them off in Asda quite a lot in Hartlepool. I just smash it, and Asda would always fucking stink. Yeah, because obviously you set it off and you just leave, and no one knows who's done it. We, we used to. Um, there was a pub. It's not there anymore. Near where I grew up, where we used to just let everything off in there. We used to. We used to let off have those paintballing smoke grenades in the toilet. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and stink bombs. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. you're a disaster. Stink bombs are bad because they don't, they stick around for ages. Yeah. It's awful. It's like being sick on a cream carpet. They were like little, for four days. I know. They were like little test tubes, weren't they? With yeah. like yellow liquid in them. Yeah. That's, that's the terrible. Da- just I'll tell you what. It's just sulfur, isn't it? I wonder if kids still do that now. <laughs> what? Set off stink just bombs? do stuff like that. It's probably, um, no, because they'd get an Asbo. Yeah. Asbos didn't exist when we were kids. We could get, get away with whatever we fancied. You still got an ankle brace, didn't you? That, time. <laughs> <laughs> that was for stalking, though, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, that was, yeah. All right, let's get out of here. All right, darling. Um, well, we'll see you next week if you want to get to the show. As always, it's sh- hello. I'm not helping you out. Hello at lukeandpeatshow.com. That's it's right. It's as simple and as unalloyed as that, quite frankly. Goodness me. Goodness me. The Pete Donaldson goodness me is the finest catchphrase in sports entertainment. Mm. Goodness me. <laughs> it's been... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.